Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm eating podcasts for dinner. Alrighty, and we are live here on the Flat Five Park podcast with Carson Grant, aka one of Drumvids. How you doing today, man? Yeah, everyone sneaks the R in there. Yeah, it's so true. Absolutely, it's so, and it's funny too because I I saw that before and I was like, it's it's not Grant. It's yeah. is it pronounced Gant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gant. You know what? I guess because there's a lot of Grants out there, so I apologize. It yeah. is Gant without the R. For, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So how are you doing today, man? Good, man. How you doing? Not too bad. We had the, you know, the Wi-Fi and audio kerfuffles, but hopefully that's been sorted out now and, you know, try our best to keep Zoom podcasts as smooth as possible. You're sounding great. Looking even better. You are too kind, my man. I'm right back at you. So I got to say, like, I've, I've been seeing your videos um, on Instagram for some time now. I want to say at least since 2018, possibly even earlier. Um, when did you start, uh, you know, taking your music career online? I started back in 2013 or 14, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of making YouTube videos. Uh, the whole in, the whole initial kind of idea of calling it one up drum vids was because I wanted to take like little exercises and then just continue to one up them in every video yeah. and just make them harder and harder. And so the, my early YouTube videos were like, you know, it started off with a paradiddle and then that paradiddle started getting split across your limbs. And then it started getting yeah in a bunch of different ways, you know, just that everyone else has done that already like a million times, but <laughs> in my own way and, and it kind of culminated with one video that I was like, I don't really know how to make it harder than this. So uh, <laughs> came out around that time i don't know if i think in 2014 or 15 i guess i know it was around before that but that's when yeah up and and I, it was still 15 second videos then mm-hmm. i was like ah, you know what like it'd be kind of cool to just take 15 second snippets of like grooves that i really wanted to learn and kind of figure out how they worked and then just crush it and so i was like there's no flams. Like if I, it's like, I can do 15 seconds. And then I started doing that. And then all of a sudden they changed it to a minute and it was like, Oh shit, man. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I think around that time to answer your question around to probably on Instagram, like 2014 or 15. Absolutely. So did the name one up, is that inspired by like the skateboard world? Not at all. You know what? I was on a run. 
I was on a trail run. I like trail running. Mm-hmm. I done any of this year. Uh, but, uh, I was just running through the trees one day and I was like, it just hit me. It was like one up drum vids. I was like, I'm just going to call it that. And then just like one up. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then once I moved to Instagram, it wasn't that at all. And so it, the name doesn't really fit what it is. <laughs> yes, but it just, it just, I, get, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm like, is it one up? Cause you think you're one up in other people. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's funny though. Cause I remember um, like growing up, like I was, you know, like big into like Blink-182 and Travis Barker and of course a whole bunch of other drummers. But when you, when you start listening to pop punk, you kind of just like, I have to get a skateboard. Like I have to, I have to fit the whole culture, you know? And I used to watch um, the barracks a lot on YouTube and they had like the one up, right? So I remember seeing it. I was like, I bet this guy skates. <laughs> you know? oh, I did, but I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. All my friends were amazing. And I just, I was like, uh, my favorite thing was just go hit the mini pipe, just that little four mm. and just like rock and roll. Tail, <laughs> rock and roll, tail. <laughs> rock and roll (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you did better than me i used to just skate the bull and skate verts i used to just go up and down i was basically like on a scooter at that point but um so one of the things that i saw on your instagram which i'm I'm just looking at here is that you specifically highlight the loops with shaker tambourine and hi-hat and one of the things i wanted to ask is like when it comes to like the drum loop world i feel that with the kick and snare, you can sometimes get away with it being a little bit more like quantized, but the hats or any sort of, you know, lack of a better word, like leading subdivision, like your eighth notes or 16ths, you kind of always need that human feel. Is that one of the reasons why you have the highlight on shakers, tambourines, and hi-hats in your loops? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. That's why. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I was like, this is really really getting me going. So what, what made you decide to, to start one up loops? Uh, so I was, I was working with Drumio, Um, and then, and then I, uh, I was doing the kid show stuff for them and, and, uh, produced a, a show with some friends of mine called the rhythmic adventures of captain Carson. And then I was going on going to join the team. And then I had this kind of, I don't know, realization that, I love those guys. Like, got nothing but the best things to say about about Drumio and Jared and Dave and and the whole crew. But I just I didn't really want to do the kid thing. I never wanted mm. to do a kid show. It was kind of just kind of fell into my lap, and I did it, and it was really fun. Um, but just so much work, such a weird day to day. Like, literally waking up and putting on a tinfoil suit and standing in front of a green screen by myself, mm. uh, and then doing. I was every character, so I had to do all the voiceovers for everything and write all the music and do the storyboarding and then anyway it was a lot of work and then i was like you know what all i ever wanted to do is like put out beats and make music and track and and just really dial in the recording side of things so i was planning on doing it anyways and i was kind of getting a bunch of grooves together and then my neighbor just this this guy happened to move in a couple doors down from me named Spencer Cheen. And he's like an award-winning mixing engineer. He's an incredible drummer. He's the drummer for Brett Kissel. Who's like, you know, one Mm -hmm. of them. Brett Kissel, big country art. Yeah. I've heard of him. I'm not huge on country, but I've heard the name many times. Yeah. And and Spencer's like the epitome of a studio rat. Like he owned recording studios. He's the head engineer out at OCL um, out here in Calgary, like one of the kind of premier 
studios in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, happened to move in next door. And I mean, maybe in New York or something, that's not that weird. But in Calgary, that's like one in a million. So yeah, we, we uh, were the same age and, and he, he was like, yo, why don't we record? He's like, he produces a ton. He's like, why don't we record all the stuff that I'm always looking for, which is tambourine, mm. shaker, and hi hat. He's like, because you can program the rest. Like, man, playing in kicks and snares on, on the machine or something, it's so easy. And like, it, it, it doesn't really. You just need a couple samples, and you can make it sound great with most modern music. But hi hats and like, there's a reason why all the your favorite producers use real high. Like, you're watching yeah. count guys playing in all the hi-hats and then he's program a lot of the time then he's programming in the kicks and snares or even calvin harris he's talked about always recording his own hi-hats and mm-hmm. we literally we spent thousands of hours like thousands of hours recording hi-hat shaker and tambourine loops at every single tempo so literally had a session that went eight bars at 60 and then went to 61 and 62. And then after that, we had to edit everything and then had to label Spencer did all the labeling um, and uh, a lot of the editing as well. But we just both, I mean, I'm so fast in Pro Tools now. I'm like a little wizard in there. You see? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we just create like the ultimate, the ultimate tool, like a producer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because all the people like who are paying to use it, they're all like big, like we have some huge, people on there and like they're all like we have a ton of ton of people but we have a, the people who are on there are like you're like oh my god they're got awards and they're doing records and they're they're like real deal recording studio owner mm-hmm. using this stuff so um we still haven't even done a single paid advertisement yet so we're gonna get there but uh so far everything's just been through word of mouth and and through instagram and look well, uh, i gotta congrats i gotta give congrats to you man because that's absolutely fantastic Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, the the whole world on like that was one of the things I was going to ask about too. It's like, of course, the hours is you know absurd. It's just crazy. But I was going to ask, like, did you guys go in and say, okay, you know, we're going to do one logic or one uh, Pro Tools session that's got eight bars at sixty BPM, eight bars at sixty one. But you've done individual sessions for each BPM, and you've got something like what sixty to hundred or something like. What is the BPM range? No, the no, the BPM range is sixty to two twenty. Oh my Jesus! <laughs> 60, 60 BPM all up to two twenty for all the six eight stuff. We got like six eight shaker and tambourine. The hi hats every hi hat pattern goes from sixty to one sixty, so we did a hundred BPM. And then the shaker and tambourines we did sixty to a hundred and ninety uh, beats per minute. So that aren't six eight. So yeah, it's. Uh, it's nuts. Like it was like when you <laughs> one pattern. Spencer actually played all of the tambourine and shaker. Um, mm. uh, I did all the hi hats and he did all the percussion. He just played it way better than me. Sounded way better than me. So he did it. So you have individual Pro Tools sessions for each, uh, you know, BPM as an increment of one, and then all the patterns. Yeah, that's insane. Like <laughs> that's so awesome, but that's so wild. What we do is like. Man, I'm giving away all our seat. Well, it's not so long. It's just what you have to do is what you can imagine. You listen through, you pick the two bar, everything's two bar loops, and you pick the best sounding two bars. And then maybe, maybe the next BPM isn't as good as that one. Like you just pick the magic bits and then mm. you build everything out of that without ever repeating anything in the same loop. So it's like, it's a fully live performance. 
And yeah. then we didn't just record every pattern at every tempo. We recorded every pattern again, twice over as straight, slinky, and then swung. So every single pattern breaks down into different feels as well, which is like a dream come true. Cause if you go and splice and you type in swung shaker loop, you just get this, like, it's like a mess. It's, it's <laughs> It's like some of our MIDI and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> so, you know, like with our product, like we just wanted to make sure that if like you had a swung or like a slinky 16th thing at 124 beats per minute, you literally go exactly to the BPM, pull it up, have all the patterns with different accents and then just drag it into your session. And they all break down into over 20 microphones and mixes. Cause we had like the microphones we had up, we had like, everything you would ever want everything from holy 38s to c12s to everything so it's a it is it's a freaky it's a freaky thing for sure to all of my producer friends that listen to this show you guys need to drop all the loops that you have and use one up drum one up loops like the that- level of dedication and attention to detail and patience and tenacity to do all of that is wild so seriously yeah. man like kudos to you and you said his name was spencer yeah yeah i couldn't have done it without spencer it was kudos uh, to both of you and then our whole tech team we got like five people working on it right now so it's it's uh wow that's the long thing so that yeah. is fantastic that is like some of the coolest thing i, I things i've ever heard especially in like the loop world because you know it's, it's very easy to not i wouldn't say easy but it's not that hard to have a, a like a great conversation about um the feel that you have to create when you're actually performing the instrument as a drummer, whether it be the shaker, tambourine or hi-hat, you know, you can find a drummer buddy that's, you know, aware and is able to play and then talk about like, you know, what I do here, what I do there and, and find a lot more similarities. But to be able to recreate every possible scenario, you know, with those three instruments, those three, you know, percussion pieces, and then you get into the world of microphones and mixing, it's like you're just taking it to like three levels above what would be normal. So like, that's just the coolest. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess one up sticks now again, you know, I'm trying to one it up. One up You're trying to one it up. Exactly. It's like, it's not, it's not just straight eights. It's not just slinky. It's not just swung. It's all of that. And then every increment of one BPM and then different mics and different mixes. So what's the next one up from there? Oh, we just launched a one shot, man. I'm really pushing. <laughs> if you don't, if, if it's too much, then it's okay. <laughs> this is my day job. Um, so I'm very proud and excited to talk about it, but, um, mm. yeah, yeah, go sign up. Yeah, absolutely. A, um, but, uh, yeah, we just launched one up, one up world. So it's our one shot world. So, uh, it started off just hi hats. That was the first product that we made during COVID it hit. We, didn't listen to any of the rules and we hung out all the time and built this thing. Don't judge me. (laughs) Didn't kill any grandparents. Um, Maybe I shouldn't say shit like that, but uh, (laughs) um, anyways, we built that product and then we were, we were going to put it out, but we were like, I don't know, man. Like it was like 300,000 hi-hat loops. And we're like, maybe we should have had shaker and tambourine to make it like more of a full thing for people. And so we're like, okay. So we booked the studio again and just recorded nonstop for like eight days and then had to edit that which took a year so it's like the edit sessions on like one week is like yeah over a year and then jesus finally 
had the whole thing where like hi-hats, shakers, tambourines. And then we were like, okay, well, we want to be able to, we want someone to be able to build a whole beat from what we have. So then this week we just launched uh, our one-shot world. So it's all just kicks and snares for now. And we're going to be adding a, a ton more stuff, but it's essentially six, six, 61 kicks and 61 snare drums and when you download the one shot it breaks down into multiple one shots of that snare at different velocities so you don't get one shot into death because the thing about like you know once again like going on splice or something is you find a one shot and you love it and you download it but then you just have the one and mm. who makes beats is like i mean one shots are cool but you always wish you had like four of the same hit that are just like just to give that tiny little nuance yeah know? sound like you're just getting blasted with the same one shot it has that human feel which isn't always perfect they're they're very close but they're never like like the same time the whole time right so we we wanted to do that so that so now we have that and the thing is all the corresponding numbers so like say snare 26 was recorded at the same time as kick 26 um so they they like they mesh perfectly i mean the the fun isn't mixing and matching them, of course, but like, uh, but they're also recorded in families. So they, they're kind of like instantly meshed together if you want. And they were recorded in the exact same space as our 300,000 hi-hat loops. And so when you hear them all together, there's just this cohesion that you're like, yeah, that's the shit. It's, uh, yeah. That's unreal. Are you kidding me? That's the sickest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> That is so sick. Like, man. So when you, so right now you have like just kick and snares and you have the snares at like different velocities. Do you have the kick like, like feathered, you know, uh, like drummers like Dave Elitch talk about driving the kick and then releasing the, the beater off of the batter head. Do you have it where it's like a feathered, like heel down, release off the batter head and then just like punching it? Like, do you have different velocities in the kick as well? That's so funny. Literally, I would go light. It was like light berry, medium berry, mm. hard berry, light puffing off, medium puffing off. And so, yeah, exactly what you just said for sure. That's wicked. Oh, man. That's so awesome. Like, I just, I really appreciate the level of dedication and attention to detail because I think just in life in general, that goes such a long way. So, that is just like the ultimate badassery right there. That's sick. No, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I'll definitely, I'll talking about one of loops all day but <laughs> well listen i i'm definitely like there's i'm in the toronto area and there's a lot of producer friends that i have and i'm, I'm definitely going to be sharing this with them because i mean you know there's always that conversation especially as like you know superior drums and or even just logic drums come out and they improve and everyone immediately runs to the like oh you know this particular type of instrument or this drummer or whatever is going to become obsolete in two years. And it's like, not really, you know, like on some levels, yes, but I think it's more so just that the, the musician world is just changing. It's adapting, it's evolving. And, and so when you have something like one up loops, that's still, you know, really paying attention to every single possible scenario. And then the detail of each scenario, it's like, you just, you can't, you can't substitute the real thing if you're going for the real thing you know like if you're like there's an artist that i perform with um his name is wolf he's the guitarist in my solo project and i'm the guitarist in his solo project and one of his i think it's just his first album he used like logic drums and it's like when you literally have nothing else logic drums are pretty solid but the minute you're like okay now i want the real thing 
you're going to go after the real thing. And if you're not a drummer and you have access to something like one up loops where it's like, I can get the exact feel that I want without necessarily being a drummer, I'm going to go for the real thing because it's there. Right. And so it's like, it's like, I always have this, you know, conversation from, I shouldn't say always, but from time to time, I have this conversation with like guitar buddies because guitar buddies are always like, Oh, like drummers are, you know, soon enough going to be like a thing of the past. And I was like, have you ever heard a guitar on Logic before? Like, it sounds terrible, you know? <laughs> like, you just, the same thing is for drums. It's just like, you have to have the ear. You got to be able to recognize, like, this is real, this is not real, right? Now, of course, you know, there's music where the non-acoustic drum set is more appropriate for that. Like, you know, if you're listening to, like, um, 100 Gex or whatever, right? It's like, you're not going to use, like, a 1960s Ludwig kit on that music. It's just, it's hyper pop, right? But there still needs to be an element of humanness and feel. And so those producers are still sitting there and nudging stuff around. They're not making it perfectly quantized on the beat, the exact same volume and velocity every single time, because it just doesn't have that feel anymore. And so, like I said, like the fact that you guys are going through and creating each individual scenario, making it perfect is chef's kiss. It's amazing. I love it. Chef's kiss. Take it. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I use the site every day and I'm a drummer. Like I, I, I use it for the tambourine and the shaker loops. Like, like I mean, I make beats and I have fun making beats. I don't get paid to make, make program. Usually I get paid to, to do drum tracking for people. And people are sending me tracks all the time from all over the world. Like today mm. I'm a guy in Tasmania, um, Australia, which is kind of funny. And, uh, uh, hope he's safe those things are vicious little creatures yes (laughs) (laughs) i was i'll i'll record my drum tracks and then also just send whoever like the producer i'm working for like a percussion whole percussion track as well and they're just like what like thank you like i'm gonna use you again because like oh my god who does that and you're like yeah i just literally changed some loops over (laughs) but like because i have tambourine rolls and shaker rolls coming out of everything it just it's like, it sounds undeniably live because mm. you're, of course it's live. It's like, it's a performance. Like it comes in with one pattern and then it changes and then I ride the volume up and then I put a little roll at the end of a section and and it's all with the same mic, even though it's different little pieces. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's such a nice tool. And not only that, do they get a deliverable that they're like, thank you for the percussion I didn't ask for. And you're like, no problem. Didn't charge any extra for it. You're also, I use it for the click track. Like when I'm tracking. If it's a slinky track, I just load in the slinky tambourine. I don't even have a click going. Because why would mm-hmm. you click if you could listen to an actual like feely the feel? Totally. Absolutely. So I track almost everything to these loops. Like I just use it as the ultimate click track. I'm like I get I pull in the track, I go find a loop that sounds amazing, and I record my drum parts. That's genius though. I I, I love hearing that. Like, especially with the the slinky is it's funny i've i've heard a few uh, synonyms of that like rhythm feel as well like slinky skip beat like the dilla feel and to like try and like you have the click which of course is there but to just actually use the live performance like it immediately like my background is like half dominican half italian and all the spanish music that i listen to especially when they have like a drummer you can tell that the whole band's almost following the percussion player or players plural and right. it's like, that is the live feel. That is our metronome. And so for you to do the same thing with your tambourine as your click, it's like, 
why would I substitute the real thing for a click when I just have it there? That's really going to drive and deliver that feel for this track. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's genius though. I love it though. Like it, it's such interesting, you know, conversation, especially as a drummer and, and, you know, here on the flat five, like there's a good balance of conversation uh, on topics that I literally know nothing about, whether it's like photography or music industry stuff or whatever. And then, you know, us and our friends just like shooting the shit and being goofy. And it's not, it's not of any sort of, it's, it's not a conversation with any real depth, but it's still fun. And then I get to have drummer conversation where it's like, fuck yeah, man. I love this instrument. The drums are just the shit. They're so good. Best. <laughs> so what made you sort of pick up the drums? Like, did you start playing drums at a young age? Did you come from a musical family? Was it one of those scenarios where, you know, I walked by a music so- shop, I saw a drum set and I was like, I just, I need to have them. One of those, like, what's your, what's your story as a drummer? Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of all those things you just mentioned. It was, it was definitely, I grew up in a decently sized family. I, I have three brothers, so there's four boys and my folks and we kind of grew up out in the country and, and, uh, there just grew up going to church and and uh being the, being the drums and uh, and uh i got into the drums one summer because my brother was able to take home the drum set from the middle school he was he was much older than me and um he had that they were just at the house one summer so there's just mm-hmm. a, and i got to play it and then i really liked playing it and um my parents were like all right we'll buy you a drum set if you read the entire bible and i was like all right let's freaking go <laughs> Uh, so I started reading it in grade four, I think, grade three or four. And then I finished it like two and a half, three years later and uh, read the entire Bible. And they'd like <laughs> somewhat quiz me on it. And uh, yeah, that I think like it wasn't even that my parents were like super religious. They were just like, let's, I don't want a drum set. Let's give him something impossible. Let's <laughs> see how committed he really is to the drum set. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they'd be like, I, they, I don't even think they really even knew the stories like that. They're like, so what's happening right now? Like, I'm like, well. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. And I'd, 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 I'd be like, oh shit. It sounds like he is reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how I got my first drum set. And, uh, the, the records that were coming out that time were like, yeah. Enema of the state, um, limp biscuit. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like it was like really like pop punk and then like r- r- hip-hop and rock mix and metal it. yeah the new metal scene oh <laughs> and they're trying to figure out limp biscuit drum patterns with like, <laughs> and, and uh yeah and then and then uh just kept playing so but yeah that was it was just kind of like it was the it was the instrument i was i was drawn to for sure that is so funny though like i i've i've asked this question a lot of times especially to drummer friends or just musicians in general like i uh i interviewed a a canadian artist uh his name is chastity and asked like how he got his start and he was like i just just gravitated towards singing like it was just something i wanted to do i found myself always writing and you know the two things clicked and you know i've asked other drummer friends and they're like yeah like i come from a musical family like none of them like really professional but they just had music there was a piano in the house you know they maybe had like a kick and snare in the basement and it was kind of there and then there's always the drummer that's like my parents really didn't want a drum set in the house 
but they also didn't want to take it away from the kid. So we had to see how serious the kid was about playing drums. And I see it a lot because I'm a music teacher here in a, a town called Kleinberg, uh, which is like the northern area of like Toronto. And um, students will come in like five to seven years old, you know, with sticks. They're like super excited. And the parents are like, make sure he plays. Make sure he's practicing because if I'm going to get this drum set, like he better be doing it. And it's so funny because I had the same thing growing up. My um, my folks, or I should say Santa Claus, got me uh, Guitar Hero World Tour for my like Christmas birthday because they fall dangerously close together. And uh, I remember like playing the game and going through the whole thing like really fast or faster, what felt like a fast as a kid, right? Um, and then Guitar Hero World Tour had this option where you could create music on it. And so like, I would try and play like little grooves and, and shit. And I, I haven't been able to find them, but it got to the point where I was bored of the game or I'd take my little iPod shuffle and play along to like uh, Thick Freakness by the Black Keys or Under an Iron Sea by Keen, like just like, you know, basic fat backs and backbeat patterns and stuff. <clears throat> and then I actually broke the drum set and then Santa got me a second drum set, but it's a warranty. And then I broke that kit too, you know? And then I think I was like in my room one day playing along with this like broken Guitar Hero kit. And my dad recognized the groove that I was playing. It took me to a drum lesson with my first drum mentor. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His name is Dario. And who um, actually runs a great music school, so shout out to Dario. But uh, it was like... I had to commit to two lifelines of a Guitar Hero drum set before <laughs> my parents were like, okay, we're going to put you in lessons and then you're going to do lessons for a couple months and then we'll see about getting you a kit, you know? Because it's like, I totally get it. Like it's a loud instrument and it's not like in your first year you're playing bossa nova grooves where it's super soft and subtle, right? So it's like really got to make sure that the kid's 100% before he commits this thing, which is so funny. So the fact that you read a Bible just continues in this line of your amount of patience and tenacity to just get the right thing done, which is fantastic. Not like the neighbors are so stoked when they see you reloading a drum set in the front door either. <laughs> it's so true. Like I grew up in a town called uh, Bolton, which is like just small towns all around Ontario. And um, I want to say like grade 10, I got a very crappy pair of like Gibraltar double kick pedals and I got heavily into like the warp tour genre and the warp tour world. And one of my neighbors who I used to babysit as kids, they were like, what are you doing <laughs> on the drums? Like, this doesn't sound good. And I was like, ah, I'm trying to figure out the world of gents. And they're like, can you go back to like the other stuff, which was, you know, <laughs> Blink and Billy Town and Led Zeppelin and shit. And then I was like, no, it's going to sound good one day. And like, it doesn't because it's just like, and it's just flaming everywhere. And I was like, okay, I can, I see where you guys are coming from. It's probably not the most audibly pleasant, you know, type of grooves, but um, it's so funny though. I love like those stories, especially about like musicians, like finding their ways and, and the whole like 
finding your first love with the instrument is some of my my favorite you know stories with musicians in general especially when drummers and musicians in general have that that aha moment you know where you're practicing something and you feel that you've like played it and you're like this felt the way it's supposed to sound you know do you do you recall one of those moments that you had as a as a young drummer where it sounded good where at least where it felt good where it felt like it sounded good I yeah I mean there was times like you know when you're I don't know you're young and you just took a massive hit of a something you shouldn't have maybe (laughs) feeling pretty good I mean (laughs) half the time on playback you know wasn't so good but definitely in the moment you're like this is what I'm meant to do (laughs) (laughs) and you listen back you're like oh yeah like definitely that happened to me a lot like um yeah i was a i was a little bit of a stoner in in high school Uh, right but uh so kind of doing that all the time and quite enjoying the combination of Mm. uh, drums and that i don't don't really do that anymore that's Uh, all good moments that were like not real aha moments um but uh yeah i think just playing with people i think it was like, mm. when, like when i got to this place where i could i could actually uh i don't know where the 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 technical hang-ups weren't hanging me up and i could actually use my ears and listen to what else was going on and kind mm. of try to fit into the situation i mean those were always the the magical moments i've been able to have and 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 hopefully help create uh on a good day always come when i'm playing with other people so right um, yeah just really was lucky to grow up with some really great teachers and and people around me that wanted to to play and jam and and uh i've always loved playing music with people that i love um yeah like i i've never been that interested in kind of taking gigs just for the sake of faking them i'm, I'm pretty picky i i kind of like playing with the people i like playing with and not that i'm not open to new experiences but of course i just yeah, I really like I I really like playing with the people I like to play with, and of course, yeah, absolutely. So growing up in church, uh, did you play other instruments? Like, did you have ex- like you know the chance to to play piano or play bass or acoustic guitar or anything like that? Yeah, I can play a little bit of piano and acoustic guitar. Did I, you have that at at a young age? Yeah, I uh, my parents had me in piano lessons lo- kind of long before I had a drum set. So mm. um, I I uh, I was a bit of a weirdo. I like I would just learn everything. <sighs> uh muscle memory and and by ear and like the same songs i've got like a photographic memory for like guitar and piano like the songs i've learned i could play them with my eyes closed anytime they're just in but drums aren't like that for me like for whatever really what was that groove again or like i i uh drums are like in the one ear out the other like i just don't wow yeah i mean i i play them all day Mm. yeah i just don't retain the same kind of uh bits which people might think is kind of funny because the stuff i post is like quite intricate and like you got oh yeah but i if you ask me the next day to do it i'd be like "Ah, i I would like need to like sit there and figure it out again really that's that's actually the opposite of what i assumed like after you know like hearing you say that you that guitar and piano is is muscle memory i was like okay it's got to be drums as well you know because you would just think that that cross-pollination happens across the instruments that's weird i don't know i like i don't have a memory like if you like i don't remember songs like i'm not a, I don't, i'm not a song guy like mm. i 
sorry. Not, not I'll, I'll uh, continue on with that thought because that might not make any sense. But I'm not a song guy. So, like people are are gonna hire me to do like the wedding because I know all the songs. You know, right. like I've friends who just know every single song. They're just like, oh yeah. There are some guys that their brain is just an IMDb of like the top forty list from 1970 to 2020. Yeah, like we were. I was just playing a gig this weekend and they called out, "Let's get it on," and I was like. I don't, I've never played it in my life. I, I was like, I don't even know this song. But then I heard the intro. It's like, wow, wow, wow. And I was like, oh, wow. And, uh, and, uh, there it is. Yeah, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy who knows like a million songs. And mm. I kinda, uh, I've always kind of been like, kept my antenna up for grooves that I was like, oh, what's that? Like the little Rubik's cubes. And, and I, I just try and find things that I'm like, I have no idea how they're doing that and then try and figure it out um mm. as opposed to like being able to play something from start to finish so I, definitely- I actually i have a groove for you that might pick your ear because i was literally listening to it on the drive over here are you a fan of um japanese 1970s uh, city pop <laughs> i don't know so it's like uh it's music that's very similar to like sonic or it's kind of like video game music from like sega and and you know like um i'm not really big on video games so like of course all the product and brand names are like escaping me but there's a fantastic group called cassiopeia oh i'll send it to you uh they have a song asayaki i think is how you pronounce it. i don't want to butcher it um but it's like great musicianship it's very technical but it's not they're not writing melodies or parts that are saying, hey, look how technical we are. It's just like as a musician, you can recognize that there's such a high level of like feel and awareness happening. But as a non-musician, like this just feels really great to listen to. So like like with Latin music, like I find a lot of times Latin music is a is a um, uh, is like a, is a language that anybody can get behind which is a high level of musicianship, but it feels really good and they're not playing anything really complicated. The technicality is that they're playing something simple really well. And so I've been finding that this like city pop sound is very much in that in that realm. And as we've been talking about hi-hats, you know, the last like previous topic, this song has this hi-hat feel that's like, it's almost like the hi-hat is trying to emulate uh, a shaker, um, but as he's playing like his 16th, he's still playing the hat and the snare together. It's not like he's doing like the alternate singles. He's still playing it together. So he's doing like some little thing. And I was like, I want to hear what Carson thinks about this hi-hat groove because it's got like this feel to it, you know? You want me to pull it up on my end or are you going to play it? If you, sure. I won't be able to, to, I don't know if it'll come through, but maybe pull it up on your end and have a listen to it. I'd say go to like the, um, let's say like the th- 30 second mark is when that song should kick in. Um, yeah. Yeah. The band's called Cassiopeia and the song's called Asayaki. So A-S-A-Y-A-K-E. It's the opening of their album called Asian Dreamer. Asian Dreamer. Asian Dreamer. There we go. The first track. Yeah. Like a good, a good 30 seconds in. He's using uh sorry. Sounds, sounds, uh, sounds like he's riding on the bell. 
Yeah, on the bell there, there's it like the groove maybe comes in around a minute. The groove, the hi hat groove comes a bit after that. Yeah. I might, I might, that's dope. <laughs> it's really great, eh? After, after hearing it, cause I have, I've just started listening to this, uh, to this like style and genre after hearing it there, it doesn't sound like the hats at the same time with the snare, but like that hi-hat, like check it, check it, check it. Like it's got like that skip, like it's almost like its own thing. It's almost like a shaker or a maraca, you know? you're going da, 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 ga, da, 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 and you just do the three in the row with the left hand right like kind of even especially if you're doing that like say you're lilting them a bit like that brazilian more like the yeah you're kind of but not that he's doing that but right uh, right but, but it's emulent yeah but like to get that left hand going i couldn't tell if it was playing on top of the snare either but um but i'll do that a ton where i just i'm like i'm filling in the backbeat right to uh so that it is a constant stream through um, yeah those tempos that is like real tricky to kind of get it going but, absolutely but it's fun stuff like i i love you know i love little small things it's not like he's playing some crazy fill or some groove that's like in seven four with or you know with triplets and shit or whatever like it's just like it's a two four it's a backbeat but just the way he's playing the hats has got this subtlety that that's where the curiosity is like, man, how is he doing something that is on a technical level more in the intermediate advanced world, but it's still so palatable to the general audience or mainstream. Like those are my favorite, my favorite moments in music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, that's why, that's why I'm so into instrumental hip hop. Um, I like all kinds of hip hop, but. Oh Yeah pick the drums apart a little bit easier and the instrumental stuff but uh but also i love how the vocal plays on top of you can learn so much by how an mc is kind of placing placing their uh their syllables yeah over the groove that's like uh it's a very cool cool insight uh, absolutely particularly with someone who's got incredible time I love yeah that. Gibbs and stuff like that. You're just yeah like, blow over it. you're just like damn it's rad and and on the conversation of uh, of of hip hop and instrumental hip hop, that's where I got the introduction to your to your content, and your playing, and your videos. Is the like the fact that you're going through like you know a tribe called Quest, some village. If I'm not mistaken, you've done some videos on like hieroglyphics and stuff like that. Like being able to you know play that music and and actually make it feel good. And so, what was your introduction to the like? let's say like the early nineties to like 2020s, like hip hop, like what was your, your start in that? Um, well, like I said, when I was in school and like Dre came out, everyone was listening to that. And yeah, that stuff. but really, I didn't, I didn't really start playing that stuff. Great hip hop stuff till much later. I had a teacher. He was like my favorite drummer ever to live ever. His name is Ray Garraway. And, uh, he was, do you remember that, you remember that guy chaos? Of course. Yeah drummer but that was like the tip of the iceberg the guy could the guy was doing the most insane drum and bass he ever heard he could wow play with the heaviest jazz cats ever uh like he, he was just he lived and breathed drums um every day like wow all he did ever and he was uh he was just so excited about drums and and 
where he heard it, it was it was just unbelievable. Like uh, I'd take him over anyone. Like he's my favorite drummer to listen to ever. And uh, anyways, <clears throat> I was lucky enough to study with him for a bit, and he was just like, he just his enthusiasm about dissecting these grooves and figuring out the little the little edges, like just trying to figure out with a, with the human body how to like square off these rhythms that were kind of programmed or you know right. slightly particular way. Um, like the, one of the first lessons we had, it was, I can't remember the groove, but, um, it's just one of those samples where someone's triggering a soul sample or like an old school funk thing. And it's just a little too short for the bar. And then it repeats. And it was kind of like, just to sit there and like, to think like that, it's like, okay, I'm going to take a groove and I'm going to squish the whole thing a little bit to one side and then play it and then start it with as much intention as like it, it you know i was playing it continuously and like little things like that, that i would never think of and you're like when you start thinking that way and start thinking of like the gravity of like starting a groove after a bit a little gap it's like it drops heavier and like yeah all kind of for me it was all it was because i didn't hear that stuff and then when i really i started really getting into it and being like oh man like I just got so into like the the gravity of beats because yeah absolutely yeah it's all just about your intention and yeah like, uh, it's like how you're pushing or pulling you know like those downbeats and upbeats exactly yeah just pushing pulling leaving things out like what where the space is and and uh and then also like to play once you've squared them off it's like okay i can play it but then it's like but can you improvise within that new framework? And so then you kind of have to build these little like internal claves essentially to be, yeah. to be able to play something that, that you don't just de derail the entire thing. And that's a whole, that's like, that's a universe in that. And Absolutely. so to get like a little bit free within these grooves that you're kind of, you know, you can get locked inside of them pretty easy because they're, yeah. like, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, one hi-hat's kind of late, but then you're rushing over here and the snares are popping a little bit. And then like, once you figure out the groove, like that's an accomplishment in itself. But yeah, absolutely. Throw one variation in there. You're like, you got to figure it out. And then you have to build little internal structures so that you can do that. And uh, for sure. that's kind of where the journey for me has been at least. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I remember there were two specific videos that I saw, um, Back in my days when I was at uh, Humber College here in Ontario, um, it was a video of Jojo Mayer at, uh, I think they pronounce it Pisic, but I've heard people say Pasic, but yeah. that like percussion art society thing, right? <clears throat> and then there was a video of uh, Benny Greb. I can't remember the bassist name, but he was talking about like... John Davis. Is it John Davis? Probably. Is that the guy who plays with him in Nerve? Oh, sorry, Benny Greb. Oh, Benny Greb. Yeah, there was a video of Benny Greb playing with this like um, with this bassist, and he's talking about like what it sounds like when a drummer is playing just behind the beat, right on the beat, and just ahead of the beat, right? That is DVD, the Art and Science of Groove. Yes, exactly. So I saw that one clip, and then I saw Jojo Mayer on Pisic, maybe like 2017, talking about like literally mixing your drum set like you know similar to the mark juliana like seven sounds like just the first three he's like playing a groove and then he's like i'm just gonna raise the snare but by raising the snare what i'm actually doing is lowering the kick in the hi-hat so now the snare is cutting through 
Because if I'm playing, you know, the hi hat and kick at like mezzo forte or whatever, and then I play the snare at forte, the gap is that big. But right. if I take my hi hat and, and and kick and I lower it, and then I just bring the snare a little bit more, and now the snare gap is like this. So all his video on mixing yourself on your drum set, deciding how you want the levels to be simply by how much energy you're putting through. And then Benny Greb's video on playing late and playing rushed. I it had this like poof moment with like hip hop music. And I was like, oh, I can combine these two ideas. Being a little bit late, being a little bit ahead. I can apply that to one specific part of the drum set and then I can mix the drum set. So I'm like combining these two ideas across these videos while I'm in like a little drum module practicing. I should be practicing like Art Blakey, you know, phrases and shit because it's jazz school. But here I am like watching hip hop videos and stuff. And that's when I had that click of like, oh, this is what is making me so interested about hip hop music. It's not just the bars or, you know, the the lo-fi kind of sound or the fact that it's vintage or whatever. It's like specifically on the drums, the fact that the drum set has got this hi-hat that's just sitting perfectly, but it's not the loudest thing in the mix. You know, the kick and snare are one's really low, one's really high, and then they're all skipped and displaced. And it's like, this is pretty fucking rad. Like, I like this, you know? Uh, how long were you in Humber? I only went to Humber for a year. So I graduated 2017. Uh, I did that for a year. And then I was about to go into the bachelor program uh, and declined the offer um, because I was just doing some other stuff. And I, I wanted to make sure if my parents were going to spend an absurd amount of money on music school that I was 100% dedicated. Uh, but then COVID hit. So it kind of lucked out that year three and year four, which in my opinion are the most important, wasn't spent during COVID. And I feel terribly for all of my, my music friends that went there. But yeah, to answer your question, I only went there for a year, just the uh, intro program. So like Larnell and Kelso, Mark Kelso? Yes. Kelso, yeah, they were the two main guys. Kelso just finished his last year prior to, to the start of this year. So now it's just Larnell. I was uh, studying with a fine gentleman named uh, Ben Ball. Uh, he was my teacher. Um, I'm not sure how much of the other Ontario scene musicians you know, but I had like uh, Tanya Gill and Amanda Tosoff, two fantastic piano players. Um, I had Jeff King, who's a great saxophone player as well. Jeff King was probably one of the best teachers that I had because he was able to best teachers not for the drum set because i don't know how you feel about this especially someone who plays other instruments but i feel like the conversation that drummers have about their instrument is like italian you know and then everybody else is like speaking like american english like everybody's got this one universal language and then drummers are here just like kick cats like we're talking about something totally different because we don't have like you know you can tune a drum set, but to tell a drummer, play A minor to C major on your drum set, it's like, good luck, right? So Jeff King, that teacher was able to, you know, translate these piano ideas with the drum set. And then I was able to take these drum phrases, like the so what phrase, like the one and two and, how do you apply that to the piano? And like, start to see this like interwovenness across the, you know, pitched instrument world and then the drum set right so uh, cool. but yeah kelso's sorry you were saying well i just yeah no i'm just a knuckle dragger i'm a mouth breather and i just hit that animal skin with wood stick <laughs> i can't believe you said a knuckle dragger like a monkey like 
before the dead animal skin heads. <coughs> dead animals. Um, yeah, no, whenever I hear my bandmates and talking about music, I just, it is humbling. I'm like, oh man, I don't know my ass from home. Like, yeah, okay, let's go. One, two, three. Uh, <laughs> always, always learning. I love music. I listen to a bunch of music all the time, but uh, absolutely, but you play so many. Uh, Thank you. Amazing. Yeah, I I found that the bands I was playing in, I was trying to articulate like a melody that I had or a chord riff or chord progression or a guitar riff or whatever, and I was like really struggling to articulate it. Um, and so thankfully, like I started learning piano at Humber and that translated to guitar because they're very similar. They're all semi-tonal, uh, but the navigation, of course, is different, right? Um, and then once I was able to do that, then I was playing in bands where I was like, hey, I have this idea, but it was still very much like, you're the drummer, you know? It's like a goalie saying, hey, man, when you're on a breakaway, uh, you know, you should probably still have two hands on the stick, you know? just like control the puck right and so back check we need to back <laughs> exactly of course the goalie's telling everybody to back check right did you did you ever play hockey no i'm a diehard fan though i'm i'm it's so pathetic like i'm like a baby deer on skates I can barely, <laughs> so brutal like, i'm one of four boys in alberta and it was like my parents were like all right either all gonna ski and snowboard or you're all going to play hockey because we're not driving you guys around all day, every day. And <laughs> yeah, I want to snowboard. So I kind of went the snowboard route. Nice. Love that. Love the mountains. Love, love to ski and, and everything. And, uh, but yeah, never played hockey. Uh, but I like, I don't miss a game. It's terrible. Like what a terrible way to spend your life. But that's <laughs> I just sit in front of the TV with my practice pad and, and, uh, watch the calgary flames you know what that's actually uh that's actually a good time and it's funny i was about to ask there is a guy that went to my high school that plays on the flames now um um magia magia pony magia pony yeah him yeah exactly he's from my my town i don't know him personally i know his sister but um yeah he went to the same high school yeah he's great he's amazing yeah he's i hear great things close to 40 goals last season shit really He's unreal. Damn. Like definitely over 30. He's uh oh, wow. So great little Italian. <laughs> the Italian style, yeah, from like Bolton Woodbridge area. It's like uh it's like the Munja Cake Italian area. But um yeah, it's funny. Like I, I grew up playing hockey, technically not first. Technically I started with Taekwondo, but I was a goalie. And so You're a goalie? goalie I was a goalie, yeah. Considering my height and stature, I was I was like a, I was like like those Mario bricks that you step on to like get a point. Like I was like that figure, like inside the net, just like this, you know. I, I'm five five. I'm like when I go down to the butterfly, like I'm just below the crossbar. Oh yeah, and all the NHL goalies are like six five. Yeah, they're like basketball players, you know, like they're just super tall for some reason, or they're ridiculously agile and they're still 5'11", like Jonathan Quick, like it's crazy. But, um, you know, growing up playing hockey, it was very much like as a goalie, it's like, this is my world and I'm always doing something or my hands are on the bar, but I like, I'm always on the ice. Like I'm, I'm here the whole time. 
And so when I really started getting into drums where it wasn't just hobbyists, it was like sort of paying attention to like the industry and, and how to be a professional and stuff. Um, there's like so many similarities between the two jobs, the two positions, like you're kind of always there, you know, you're like the last line of defense in a way, but it's like, you know, it's like, I, I saw a video of uh, Dave Grohl talking about how a great drummer, you know, takes a band of like average musicians and makes them great, you know? And I was like, I saw a lot of that in the hockey world, not speaking about myself, but just as the position, like there's a lot of teams where, you know, they've got great goal scorers. They've got great defensemen and stuff like that. You know, each line is kind of evened out. There isn't one massive, you know, megastar kind of player, but then they have just like a goalie that stands on their head, whether it's like Lundqvist or Hashtick or, or, you know, Jonathan Quick or whatever. It's like, those are guys that just really hold it down. And then, you know, I just see that in the drummer world where like, I love Blink-182 to death, but I don't, I don't think that, sorry, say that again. Say no more. I mean, it, we all are like, Mark and Tom don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> they're like, the chord progression is is 3503. Three. You know, <laughs> like, they don't even know the notes. But then Travis Barker's like, oh, I'm just going to put a Latin feel over what's my age again, and it's going to go over well. And then he just, like, you know, makes the band, right? And it's like, they still, they still, like, need each other, especially, like, musically speaking. But on a technical level, it's just like, that guy just holds it down, man. Like he's just the, he's the shit, you know? So yeah, like I, I always saw a lot of similarities uh, between the two and, and, you know, back to the conversation of like multi-instrumentalism. Like I found when I started um, learning the instrument and then going to like music books so that I could be able to at least teach like beginner guitar and piano books. Like we, uh, do you guys have the Alfred series like in your, in your schools there? Or is that just an Ontario thing? name <laughs> perfect yeah so like alfred and like hal leonard and, and shit like that like all the scholastic books right it's like i was like let me just go through books like one to five for piano and one to three for guitar and just be able to like understand the concept and be able to reinterpret it in five to different ways so i can cater to the student and i was like okay i've done all this like technical work how can i actually use this that benefits me as a musician as opposed to just a music teacher and a, an, an employee and so i started like learning guitar progressions or piano progressions and then making my own instrumental loops to then drum over them. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm halfway there to like songwriting, you know, it just got to start coming up with my own melodies. And then I found that like, by doing that, I had this whole new approach to drums where I found that I was like playing less notes as a drummer. And I was like really valuing, valuing space. Because the idea of like legato and staccato doesn't exist too, too much with drums. You have like a cymbal mute, you know, if you really get to that advanced level, you're hitting a floor tom and muting it, or you're, you know, hitting the bell and cupping it and doing that kind of thing, right? But it's like, that's really not the beginner to intermediate world of drumming. It's like that advanced level where you're really paying attention to the notes, right? And playing those other instruments is what was like, you have to strum and then stop you have to literally stop creating sound. Whereas when I hit that kick drum, it's like, you know, it's that long note and I'm not considering it. And so I found when I started like re-approaching my, reassessing my approach to the drum set after spending a good year or two on the other instruments, it's like, oh, I don't need to always fill in all the notes with ghost notes. Like I can just play two 
just on the e end of beat four, right? Or the end of beat four for two. And that's going to get the exact same effect as that I need from those ghost notes. And you start to get into that, like, less is more kind of world, right? And you start to see it all as like a tool. Like, this is a groove that I literally want to play as many notes as possible. And then this is a groove where I just need four notes. And, and both of them are achieving the effect fun stuff i just want to make sure that the data is still clicking <clears throat> my data just like did a little glitch for a second oh, yeah, but yeah. uh it's go good now we'll pick up my son from school in uh, right six minutes um but i was gonna say it's funny how much better people sound a lot of drummers when they stop playing ghost notes uh, you ever notice that oh yeah <laughs> i that's me <laughs> seems like it seems like kind of when you're starting to play drums you're like oh i'm supposed to play all these ghost notes or like you know you're you're like always trying to figure them out and it's like a yeah bit a lot of the time as soon as the drummer just like stops playing ghost notes you're just like oh that sounds so much better <laughs> it's so less cluttered and it's so, it's so less busy it's just like now i can really hear the groove yeah i had a teacher who was just like he was like he was a bass player and right incredible bass player and he would just be like like why don't you just what are you what's the purpose of those i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like instead of like it's just like it's just like the whole thing you're like oh yeah there it is like <laughs> it's so true though but it's the thing right like it's like when when musicians start to recognize that a note and a rest are the equivalent of value, like you need both, you know, you need time in and time out, right? Like imagine an action movie that was just 300,000 explosions over two hours. Like the whole explosion scene has just lost all of its effect. And then like an action movie that doesn't have a single explosion. It's like, give me like just the right amount, just a bit. Like I just need one or two things and then I'm fine, you know, just balance it out. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah exactly right so um i don't want to i don't want to make you late to pick up your son um but i want to say with the dearest of thanks for coming on the show it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and i'm i'm very glad you're able to to have a conversation with me today oh thanks for having me man i really appreciate it it was fun of course absolutely it was a blast yes and uh i'm hoping to do some traveling next year um there's something I, I, I want to try and do with like drummers and stuff. It might be like international. We'll see. It all depends on how, you know, the wind goes. Um, maybe we could have another conversation on the flat five at a later date to, uh, to chat about this whole idea and stuff. But um, for everyone listening, thank you guys for spending the time to listen to the flat five today. Make sure you check out one up drum vids on Instagram, Carson Gant and one up loops on Instagram and soon enough, or what's been announced now. So also check out, uh one shot world is that correct oh you know that's that's all built into one up loops so it's perfect all... there we go all right so everyone go check that out all my producer buddies you guys know exactly what to do get that real feel in your music carson thank you again for today my man i really appreciate it cheers man absolutely all right guys you guys take care